0: Did you hear that? Is he up?
1: No, I don't think I heard him.
0: I thought I heard a little. Hold on, let me check. No, uh, mm, no, I think he's sleeping. Ugh, he had a garbage nap today. Well, that's why this episode is brought to you by his bedtime. <laughs>
1: Fatima and
0: I'm Brian and this is While You Are Napping, a show about parenthood and our growing family. Every episode is recorded during our son's nap. Well, except this one.
1: Today we're talking about being in an interracial marriage and how that shapes our parenting strategy.
0: So when we were thinking about what our next episode should be, I thought, well, we can't be an interracial couple and not talk about race in America right now.
1: Yeah, I think that we've never really shied away from talking about it. I think about, you remember when we were orientation leaders and we had like a little skit and we kind of addressed <laughs> one of those things in our skits and, and what is this? This is 2010, so, you oh, know, I... I thought, I was like, no, it's
0: 2020. Yes, No, 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 we did skit, so... <laughs>
1: I think that we're ahead of the curve. I think it's a conversation we can, you know, it's kind of like the elephant in the room. Well, you know, you want to address it. Like not Mm -hmm. everyone is in uh, a relationship outside their race. So, you know, we want to talk about, I think, is important conversation to have.
0: Mm -hmm. And especially now it's with interracial couples, you have people from different backgrounds, different races who now have to have a conversation and weave those two backgrounds together.
1: Well, yeah. And I think it's so important. I think I forget which celebrity got into trouble because they said something around having to start to have those uncomfortable conversations with their spouse. And someone's like, well, I hope you had that conversation before you got married. And that's super, super important. I think, you know, Mm -hmm. you went through a vetting process, whether you know it or not before we started to date <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> where i'm like okay can he can he hang like is he like what is his thought process what you know and now it seems to whether you're a democrat or republican it seems like that's always seems to be a hot topic which i don't believe that's you know it just seems to a stereotype around mm-hmm. what political party you're 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 in um But yeah, I think it's a conversation you should actually have before you decide that you want to be in a relationship with someone, definitely before you get married. Mm
0: -hmm. And how how did that conversation go with us?
1: I don't even think you really knew. It was just kind of like a small, like, let's see (laughs) kind of thing. You know, you might have seen my hair wrapped a few times (laughs) before I went to bed when I got a perm. I just, I kid a little bit. But, you know, just kind of seeing even how comfortable you are, what kind of conversations I think... Probably it's something that I'm more mindful about Mm -hmm. is the way people interact with me um, without even being super aware of it as well. Um, But yeah, yeah, I think it's just kind of just filling it out, seeing how comfortable we are. And then when it actually turned into more of a relationship and stuff, having those conversations (laughs) and definitely Mm -hmm. before we got married, understanding where we were if we were on the same page with everything you know Mm -hmm. whether it be politics finances everything and race whether you like it or not plays a major role in those conversations that you have
0: Mm -hmm. and I and to be honest before we were together and before we even got and before we got married I had no idea I had I was not aware of the loving's case
1: oh yeah yeah you know me either I mean like you knew it was there right I didn't know all the details behind it when it became legal um, and all that stuff behind it and that was big and eye opening to I've been seeing a lot of posts in, on social media around you know just learning just black history in America mm-hmm. in general and the our school system has not been and the curriculum has not been a, around really digging deep into all of the facts around black history so
0: this Cause it's, was because it's, it's a lot more than rosa parks and martin luther king jr
1: Mm -hmm. it is you know so this was something that i guess maybe because i was personally even more personally invested than all the (laughs) you know i was personally invested in all of these case these things but when we started to have a relationship it was you know understanding and then the movie the Mm -hmm. movie was really just like the big eye-opener So when you start to get these things onto big screens and when you start to have those kind of conversations, then you start digging a little bit more. And it's like, well, if I didn't know about the Loving versus Virginia case, like what else did I not know? Mm -hmm. And you have to like then actively seek for that type of information. So,
0: yeah. and, And from my perspective, it it puts it into focus that the Loving's case, that was June 12th, 1967.
1: I think my mom would, like, kill me, so I will not tell you what year she was born. <laughs> but our However, parents were children. Yes. Our <laughs> our parents were children. They were born. So just kind of just let that sink in. Like, you probably, especially if you're our age, you know someone who was born during that time. Mm-hmm. It was not long ago. Not that long, <laughs> long You know, so their parents, if you know, living in that area, if they were in an interracial marriage, was actually not allowed it was Mm -hmm. illegal for them to to be married so
0: which is it's crazy something like that laws still existing like that but then you look at the entire um history of america and black history and you're like wait it's not that crazy that those laws still exist i think so many
1: yeah because everyone won't always to the big things right in history they want to go to like Mm -hmm. obviously (laughs) when slavery was happening um you know, the big moments in the movement um, or the initial movement, right, for equal, what appeared to be equal rights. Mm-hmm. But then what about all the stuff that happened in between, right? Well, I Martin think,
0: Luther King had a dream yeah, and then everything was over yeah, at the end.
1: That that is we were, literally we're what, <laughs> if you are in school, mm-hmm. <laughs> sitting in the classroom, that is what they taught. I had a fantastic teacher in middle school, Mr... I, I'm, I'm gonna say his name you have wrong. to beep it out yeah I, yeah I'm not gonna <laughs> even say his name um but I had a fantastic um, teacher in middle school and he actually took us down to a Washington DC trip and we saw and learned all about like really uh, a lot about history black history we went to the um, uh, the uh, wax museum that's specific for the African-american um, black wax museum I'm gonna I have to look it up to actually see but like they had these wax figures which showed you how when they were being transported from Africa to America and they were like sardines packed Mm. up in there and they showed these wax figures so you can actually see just how close on top of each other next to each other shackled Mm. and so that was so Eye-opening, and this was me being exposed to really seeing and visualizing this when I was only twelve. I think I was in seventh grade, so I had I had really a great teachers. Mm-hmm. I, I was lucky enough and fortunate enough to be exposed to like really, really what happened, and w- and you didn't get exposed to it unless you had those teachers, mm-hmm. unless you sought out for that information, and or you got it from home, right? And and mm-hmm. and they were equipping you to to get to get that information that you needed.
0: Yeah, grow, you know, I'm from New England and my Black History Month was Rosa Parks and then we end with Martin Luther King Jr.'s I Have a Dream speech. And then you think racism is gone and that's New England. And, and New England is probably the least racially diverse region in the country. Let's just put it out there. It's <laughs> the least uh, the least uh, diverse part of this country. Um I believe, like, you know, looking back at a 2010 census, 84% of residents are white. And out of the states in that region, Maine, Vermont, and New Hampshire have populations that were at least 96% white. Now that's. Yeah, I could believe that. <laughs> having <laughs> gone to back home and then going, you know, further north. Yeah, uh, of course. So, you know, gr- for me, growing up in all white neighborhoods, you know, we didn't have, it wasn't, we weren't diverse. My school system, I think 95% white. And, you know, but when it comes to racism, I didn't experience hearing racist comments as a kid. And so, you know, in my, from growing up in my perspective, I thought, oh, racism is gone. But is it? Because there's no one around for people to to be racist around. And I
1: mean, that's a good point for people who are thinking right now, like, oh, it's gone. Like, Have you been in a situation where you would actually see it happen or not happen?
0: And I think like the the closest that I came to being around any type of um, racist remarks was this um, this white supremacist came to my town to speak at. I think our library or somewhere in the center of town, and it was the bit like everyone was like they did not want this person here, and I think he was invited because someone in the town was a supporter, whatever. This is this is awful. This sounds like you oh know word. white supremacy. And I'm never going everyone. back to that town again. Um, and and I just remember my parents and family, you know, being so like so against this thing from happening and, and there were my, many more protesters than there were supporters. And I, I think I was in middle school when this happened. And I just, I don't remember what was said, but I just remember the feeling and everyone just being so uneasy that this man was here and knowing what he was there to do and say was wrong. But that's so the he closest. ended
1: up, I'm guessing he ended up still talking.
0: Yeah, he was there. He was talking. I think he came twice. Um, which is I wonder why I wonder, why. I wonder why.
1: I'll have to do some more research Freedom on why. Of
0: speech. Why your town? I don't know. I think. I think. I, when you send out mail and you're like, "Who wants to host me?" You have to have someone invite you to the town. And apparently, there's someone that invited him. Yeah, we should look but, at that person now. Yeah. Well, we can probably just forget about him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so that you know, that's the closest I had come to any kind of racism or knowing what. Like, I don't want to say firsthand because that's the wrong thing to say, but that's like the closest I came. And I don't think it was and it wasn't really until, um, you know, when we left our bubble of college because we were dating in college. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really until we left that bubble, that diverse bubble. Me. It's more diverse than where I came from. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, it
1: had a, it had it was yeah, it was cool. Um,
0: <laughs> and you know, we, it wasn't until we left that bubble where where I think I really saw firsthand from your perspective. But you know, I I bet growing up was totally different than my experience. Yeah, for yeah, you. you know, well,
1: like, you know, first being in, pro, in a predominantly I can't talk in an area where it was mostly black people Mm -hmm. um but we also in that area there was tons of other there was white people asian people it was it was a diverse area but i would say majority black people but my um you know my family background we have diverse people in our family of different ethnicities uh my parents had friends of all ethnicities that came to the house so we were always exposed to just people who spoke different languages, who looked different from us, you know, it was just that was a that was a norm. That's what I expected. I didn't always expect to just see one race, only people who looked like mm-hmm. me. it was it was everyone and that was because I think my mom, that's just how my mom, my mom was and she wanted to make sure that we were exposed to it as well. Mm-hmm. And so then you know, fast forward going into high school, moving in an area, a small town, where there was mostly white people that was when like you I was really started to experience what for racism was firsthand just because I wasn't around and I didn't necessarily experience it in the in a way that was obvious because I think that's important to note is that you can experience racism but it's not as obvious as someone shouting out their pickup truck calling you the n-word which is kind of which was what my experience was when we moved to this smaller town so that's kind of you know then moving back down going to college into this bubble as (laughs) Brian mentions you know but still Mm -hmm. experience racism from a faculty member (laughs) uh, who then tried to deny it so you know I had I had my own smaller you know pockets where I feel like that is the scariest type of racism for me is the ones where people are trying to hide it and they're not as obvious with it because then Mm -hmm. you just don't know how to move or Mm -hmm. you move a certain way through life where, you know, you're trying to be perfect. You're trying to make sure that you're not doing anything wrong or the image that you, you know, that you present. And so that's more nerve-wracking because you just just don't know. You're like, is someone going to, you know, judge me because of X, Y, Z? Or, you know, are they doing this because they're racist, you know? Mm -hmm. So, so experience that individually. And then, you know, then we started getting, then we got into a a relationship, you know, still noticing the little micro, you know, racism and aggression towards us. And one big thing which we laugh about a lot but also irks us a lot is when we're in the grocery store
0: mm-hmm. to this day to like <laughs> to and this day
1: i could be literally like holding brian's arm and like you know just being loving <laughs> which is not what i'm doing in groceries i'm just like yo can you bag those groceries right now for me yeah. uh but you know sometimes you know you're just chatting trying to just kill some time while the person is checking you out or you're waiting for someone in front of you and the cashier asks is are you guys together?
0: Like our Is stuff on the belt. Is your
1: stuff? Does it... And he... What? Why? No, I'm...
0: She's just all over me. <laughs> I'm just sharing her basket and yeah. she's going to pay for all my food. Yeah, that's <laughs> No, exactly. we're not together though.
1: <laughs> you know, it's very, very obvious and it happens... all All the time time. and it's with you know either cashiers that we see
0: all the time all the
1: time we've gotten to a point where we go to certain i at least go to certain cashiers who know who know us and now our son too just because i don't have to deal with the stupid question of whether we're together and Mm -hmm. whether his stuff should be separated separated from my conveyor from my stuff you know, even though we're chatting together, yeah, so just kind of think about During that, COVID. and you know honestly, <laughs> this is the and this is you know this is the thing. I don't think some people mean it maliciously, mm. um, I think that they just they're not thinking, and mm-hmm. so they're not putting two and two together, like it they don't have to be the same race to yeah. be in a relationship together and so I've you been. need to educate yourself so that you don't make those comments because Mm -hmm. you make other people feel uncomfortable you make it seem like well do we not appear to be together what is it Mm -hmm. about my appearance that would make you think Mm -hmm. that we are not together even though everything else obvious from us having a conversation from us being in close proximity etc so you know it's it's those little things that Mm -hmm. you face when you're and it's search couple and people might be like oh my god what are they complaining about yeah. cuz someone's saying their stuff but when you hear it
0: over and the over first and time over it was like yeah duh!" like yeah 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 yeah, yeah yeah put it together ring it up yeah and, and then, then after the like 15th time you're like what am i doing what? that yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah why does my stuff have to be separated from and your these stuff?
1: things and these things will constantly they'll evolve mm-hmm. as well you know now that we have our son what's going to happen at you know, parents, conf, you know, student, teacher conferences, mm-hmm. Do they still have those things. They still have those things, right? Virtually. And, you know, I believe. Well, virtually, <laughs> you know, and you know, if, you know, I, would, know. I, I think you probably might get the comment more than I would get it being like, oh, is this your is mm-hmm. this your son? Like walking in being like, oh, oh, your dad's your dad's white oh, okay you know so like he and it, it will evolve so it just it's just mm-hmm. important if anyone's listening if you're a teacher if you're a cashier if you're anyone where and you see you know a family don't
0: don't expect a, an all one color family
1: yeah and you just watch your, your comments or your reaction if someone walks in and you know they're not what you expected i think it's important mm-hmm. that you know you set your you put your expectations aside cuz it it could be perceived one way and so making making other people feel uncomfortable um yeah and I, and and also just like also the the comments that you get with like oh like oh who, who does your son look like <laughs> you know, <laughs> but like it's it's mm-hmm. like okay like just you know might be something that you do all the time however when you're you have an interracial child That you know, it's just like okay, someone's gonna point out what is the features that make them look like their black Mm -hmm. parent. What's the features that make them look like their white parent? Which ones? Which one they're favoring more than the other? And once again, might not be coming as a malicious comment or anything like that, but it's stuff that you have to you have to watch out for.
0: Mm -hmm. And I and I would say that, you know, after we left our our bubble of college, I think the the first time that I. Aside from the microaggressions, I think that very first time I experienced um, racist comment towards you when we were together was on our wedding day.
1: I know, and I don't even... I didn't even hear.
0: And we were taking... So, after the ceremony, she was already hitched. She uh, missed out that I signed, that I did not sign the prenup, so... I guess. what I guess, <laughs> what I guess talking half about everything yeah uh, it was after the ceremony I had nothing at the time so. we, we went to go take photos um on at a vineyard in our town and then um went down to this little body of water and we're taking pictures and then this pickup truck drives by with what appeared to be maybe high schoolers I don't really know um and they yell the n-word I forget exactly the sentence they said like you're marrying or something like that n-word and I was like what like I was just like in shock because one okay now I'm seeing oh maybe racism exists in my town <laughs> my perfect my what I thought of my perfect little hometown and two I'm like like what this is supposed to be like our wedding day yeah And then now I have this memory and I and I will never I will never under I I see what um what racism microaggressions like we can talk about the lady on the in LA um on that bus. Um but you know I see that firsthand with you, but I will never understand what it means to be black. No. I, I will never as much as I try to understand, I will never be able to know what it's like. And just hearing that the n-word being shouted at you at us it just was like so eye opening and it's it's a shame that that's a memory
1: yeah i and i i, I don't know if i was just like in la la land or if i just you know it maybe i just didn't even i put my hands over my ears just to not i don't know because i don't remember that happening but I do remember hearing or someone shouting outside their car. I just didn't hear what they said. And then I just thought, oh, I'm just going to forget it. Because mm-hmm. maybe with those past experiences, that is something that I experienced maybe every other week living mm-hmm. in that small town where, you know, people shout, you know, just crazy things outside their car. Mm-hmm. So it just goes to show they were trying to just ruin and put a stamp over a day and a celebration that was supposed to be, you know, a celebration. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's unfortunate too. And then you hear like, you know, the younger people that are doing it and racism is something that you, that you learn. Mm -hmm. So it's just something that's thriving like a little fungus or virus or bacteria that just keeps growing and growing and growing as people stay in their little, in their bubbles and don't try to educate themselves Mm -hmm. and just then procreate. (laughs) And then you just have just a bunch of racist people until finally someone, because I've had many friends who actually said, like, you know, they don't really have relationship with their family, or it's a, a you know, uh, a, you know, not that great because they have different views in them. So, you know, it it can happen. Mm-hmm. Um, the information is out there now, right? Mm-hmm. So now you just gotta seek it before I think it was hidden like social media there's some good things that come out of social media and Mm -hmm. one of those things but please fact check people like once you find out oh is this something that could be true I didn't know that about black history I didn't know that about you know what happened in America Mm -hmm. please make sure you then go to like do your research you know (laughs) maybe multiple sources seeing that they're saying that You know, these things, although there are reputable sources you can go to to make sure you collaborate and fact check um, things that are coming out. It doesn't always have to be those main, main street, you know, CNN or whatever kind of sources that you would find. Like there are other credible ones that you can look up and say, okay, who are the people that are kind of feeding that information in there Mm -hmm. to know that it's know that's accurate and doesn't always have to have a big name stamp to it. Um, so just make sure that you're doing your, doing your part and making sure you're fact checking, checking that
0: information. Mm -hmm. I would say, you know, we can thank the 2016 election to help us uncover the, um, people who we didn't think were racist, um, and now are showing their true colors.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I, I saw something where it was like, you know, not all Trump supporters are racist, but they decided that racism is not a deal breaker.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, no, that's not what I'm not saying. No, no, no. I know
1: that's not what you're saying, but I'm (laughs) just saying that, you know, that's an important thing to kind of just put out there is that, you know, Mm -hmm. there are so many things that are so important to people that um that makes sometimes these elections like really hard. Right. You're like, well, yeah, this is that that thing would benefit me if I got a tax break, if you know, if I had Mm -hmm. a private jet, et cetera. You got to remember what is like the greater what for the greater good. And and sometimes it's hard for voters Mm -hmm. and for people to do is like, what is for the greater good racism in America is not for the greater good, but it does help (laughs) a good pocket of people and they will continue to to profit from a racist America. And so that they've decided, well, yeah, no, I don't think I'm superior because of my color of my skin but damn, I get this, this, and this, and I get a leg up because of that, That you know? So therefore, I'm going mm-hmm. to, you'd be like, yep, racism is good, or I'm going to choose to be racist. And you don't really true, truly believe the heart of it, which is that you are superior because the white race is superior. No, you have the same type of blood, same, you're, you know, biologically, you're all set up this, a similar way. And it's just simply because you have, you know, different Mm -hmm. color skin. That's Mm -hmm. it. (laughs) So um, I think that's important just to note. Mm
0: -hmm. And now it's like, you know, taking... And now that we have... And now with our son, we're taking your experience and my experience. And now it's like, okay, now we have to parent this kid. And now we have to prepare him for life. And as a white person, I... That conversation is going to be led by you
1: <laughs> because, well, you, well you. You'll be there are of... things that I can say, <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. obviously, as a, as just a parent in general, but then there are, then there's experiences that only you can, can speak to. And I think, you know, having, I can, you know, I, I think when we were expecting him, I think that was one of the first things in my head was how do I, how do I talk to my son about what it means to be black
1: yeah uh, I mean it's it's definitely a conversation that will need to be that needs to be had and that I think it's important and this is where the whole it's you know you raise a child with like a village you know Mm -hmm. if there are certain things You can talk to him about being a good person Mm -hmm. and stuff like that, but then maybe maneuvering it, you can say, okay, this is, I could do my research, but maybe he needs to hear someone with their own experiences, you know, that's when you tap into, you know, family members Mm -hmm. and our people, you know, and and our other mentors and stuff that can help, you know, both you maneuver that conversation and help him maneuver those conversations and then, you know, because Being a black woman is different from being a black. We have different experiences Mm -hmm. from being a black man. So I can I can tap into my experiences to help him. And I think, I think with a combination of that, we'll get through. It's just a matter of making sure you're mindful Mm -hmm. of those things that you have to go through these conversations a little differently. You know, your sit down, your the sit down that you would have had with your dad before you went driving for the first time on your own when you got your license will be a different conversation uh-huh. that we'll have with our child, our son when he decide when he has uh-huh. his license and goes to drive and goes to drive. It will it's just going to ha- it's just going to be different. And so we uh-huh. have to make sure that we uh you know, we even prepare him before that even happens too. Because uh-huh. we've seen so many different tra- tragedies happen even before they were behind a will. So uh-huh. it's about educating them about those different scenarios and any resources we can pull from and any support we can get from our village is going to be super important
0: Mm -hmm. and you know it's it's those experiences scenarios and you know everything that's happening right now and you know he's he's only two so he's he's understanding here he's he's recognizing that people look different but when it comes to what's on the news. We're not there yet, explaining um, what's happening and t- and talking him through that. But when he does get to that age, and maybe that's three or f- maybe that's four, um, I don't. Maybe when he just starts to understand what's what's th- what's going on on the news, um, and qu- and starts to questioning those things, you know, I think that's where you and I are on the same page. Of, we're just going to talk to you about what's happening. Like we call your body parts for what they are, and that's your head this is what's on the news and that's what we're going to talk about
1: yeah and, and it's we need we also i think we're doing the approach of just we know that now he's recognizing so many differences and understanding your parents are white my mom is black <laughs> you know <laughs> so and you know how his you know he reckon he's like hair and mm-hmm. hair and then he touched your hair and you you see his his eyes and his facial expressions change. He's like he understands mommy's hair is different from daddy's hair, mm-hmm. and his hair is different from both of their hair. Maybe you know sometimes it looks more like mommy's, you know, when it's a little bit curlier, but then other times it's like super straight. I'm like, what's what's going on? What's going on back here? Like his curl pattern, guys, is all it's out of whack. I need to figure it out. Anywho, I digress. But
0: he's so you, cute. But he's so
1: cute. But it's just like. Yeah. Understanding okay, I look different, mommy looks different, he he's like beautiful mommy. He's like beautiful. He calls he calls himself, himself. beautiful. Yeah. Just understanding that yes, we're different and all these things are different, mm-hmm. but he's like oh, but it's still beautiful. And just mm-hmm. something as simple as using those words to describe every you know every every person in his family describe himself. I think it's is a way to start equipping him to being more aware of those things Mm -hmm. um and getting him prepared for the next step
0: Mm -hmm. and to just loving who he is and i just love when he does when he does touch our hair and he's standing between us and then he's has your one hand on your head and one hand on my head (laughs) and he just i feel like there's like little massage going on and i like hair hair and then he takes both of his hands and puts on his head and goes hair yeah i was like yes beautiful hair yeah. beautiful hair and that's what you know we're and we're trying to teach him that and and he does say i am beautiful <laughs> i am young and vibrant, vibrant. um what else that he came
1: say? out of me telling him he's young and vibrant because he would hear me say i'm tired at the beginning of the band go, oh yeah I mean, i'm tired i'm tired right now i'm tired and hey, no, he would I'm say tired. mommy tired yeah mommy he, tired. then he would say i'm tired i'm tired i'm tired and then i would go no you're young and vibrant you're not dying you're young and vibrant now he just kind of he just he just goes (laughs) with it so at least i broke i broke him from saying he's he's tired but another thing that we do i think we try our best we're not always conscious and woke (laughs) in our decisions (laughs) of raising our son but you know we try to make sure he has diverse books and Mm -hmm. toys the shows he watch that it's not favoring one race more than the and another that he's making mm-hmm. sure he sees himself on screen even in his little cartoons that he watches um on on demand they have you know the black kid mm-hmm. and the you know they have a diverse cast mm-hmm. even the little animals they have yeah. a diverse <laughs> cast of, of animals as well but then the books that we have the characters in, mm-hmm. in them they're not just white kids they're you know he has kids that look like him which is mm-hmm. super important like the kindness rocks was that a promotion I shouldn't have dropped? Anyways, it's a really <laughs> cute book and a little, little black girl who's in the, in the book and I'm like, you know, that kind of looks like me with my little puff, when I put my little puff in there. Yeah. So, I was, you know, that was one of the things that drew me to the book as well. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, like, there you go. So he can see that there, you know, there are people and there are, you know, represent, rep, I give, representation. Yeah, it matters. It does matter. It's a it hard does. word for me to say right now. I and
0: mean, I think we do do a good job and he loves that um black barbie doll that yeah, i, I know, used he for calls your cake, my I cake <laughs> but he calls it mommy yeah
1: thank you for that one um
0: no that's a good point it's you know making sure that we do have diverse books and toys and and i you know i think about all the other all the other co- the interracial couples out there and biracial kids and and what they're and what conversations they're having right now and what else, you know, what else are they doing? What are What are they talking about? I know for us, it's, you know, we live in a very diverse part of the world, New York City. And it's it's incredible how diverse it is. And again, this is me coming from white-ass New England. <laughs> um, but, but still, it's great being able to walk down the block and our son can see people from all over. It's such a different experience than what I had growing up. And, you know, thinking about where we're eventually going to just, settle down you know the place where we're going to live is always just going to be on our mind and making sure is this a neighborhood is this a town is this a part of whatever state that's diverse to live in so that he sees himself in neighbors in friends and then also sees people from all over or just from different backgrounds
1: mm-hmm. yeah whether well, they speak a different language as well it's super important and it just seems like there's a huge price tag that comes with wanting to live in a diverse neighborhood, yeah. which is insane to me. So it's like, okay, we we're going to do our best. Obviously, finances is always going to be just that overarching cloud because you, you know, I'm a big person, you do not want to live uh, above your means, but this is a important important thing, so maybe we'll get a smaller place, whatever it might be. So we'll have mm-hmm. to have some compromise, but it's just super important that, you know, at a minimum, whatever we do in the house, that we're doing our best to at least get him exposure when it comes to those areas or at least being in close proximity that if we wanted to drive so he can see. I just think so you can see other people. I just think it's just so crazy how there are some people out there who have never seen anyone in person outside mm-hmm. their race.
0: Mm hmm. I know,
1: you know, and and, and we can have a long conversation on why this happens and why there is these segregated because even in New York City, even in a big city like New York City, like Boston or any of those other big cities where you're like, okay, this is diverse area. There are these pockets Mm -hmm. of areas where there's mostly white people, mostly Asian people, mostly, you know. Indian people, whatever it might be, there's these pockets. And so you have to like actually maneuver and go through those different neighborhoods in those different areas to get that exposure. Cause mm-hmm. if you stay in your little bubble, that's all you're going to see. So I, I think it's just, that's just something that's so super important to me. I, I was able to be exposed to it. I think it made me the person that I am. I think even though you got exposed to it later in life, it makes <laughs> you the person that you are, mm-hmm. right? You just, you kind of just understand Mm-hmm. people more in general when you start cohabitat co- Habitating. cohabitating
0: cohabitating it's yes. late
1: <laughs> I don't want to blame it on me this is some words I struggle with but whatever
0: but I, I think you also bring up a good point because I, I recognize that you know when I was looking for college uh, looking at colleges I I recognized I needed to leave I needed to get a different perspective of the world and I didn't go too far but I went far enough to get that perspective mm-hmm. that there's more out there. There's more than just the the one train of thought where I grew up, and um, I met you.
1: Yeah, and now look, you're like you're just thrown <laughs> in into that. There's sometimes where you're the only white person in the room. I know. <laughs> I mean, I'll
0: tell you about my experiencing when I went to Ghana. Be going out to. Yeah,
1: I always forget you went there.
0: Uh, back in college, had an am- amazing experience. Um, went to you volunteer. Went to the
1: motherland before I did. Wow.
0: <laughs> went to volunteer at a school and orphanage for about a month um, and we went to a part of Ghana. Like we were like six and a half, seven hours into the country. So like a lot, far away from Accra. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Um, I won't put give the exact town. Uh, we were in Kumasi and um we were probably another 45 minutes outside of Kumasi and we were in, you know, that part of the country, they have never seen a white person. And not that I can say how I understand what it means to be in your shoes, but I think I kind of understand what it, what it feels like to have everyone just look at you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And, um, it was just, it was a funny moment, but ever like everyone in Ghana is just super nice. And, um, it's just, like, so scary just going to, like, a very di- – it seems to be a very distant country. <laughs> and you're, like, oh, my God, it's, like, just me and a friend, and we're just by ourselves. Um, everyone's just super nice there. But, um, but yeah, it was just – there were some kids who had never seen someone else that doesn't look like them. And so that was, that was eye-opening. And then I think about our country and re- recognizing how many people have never seen another – person that doesn't look like them Mm -hmm. so maybe it's not so eye-opening
1: yeah it's just you know I I think that's one thing that's been weighing heavy is just making sure that doesn't happen with with our you know child and you know ensuring that they have that exposure because it could be pretty rough you know I know how it is to be in an area where you're one of it was only one of because of the siblings I had uh, black people <laughs> in that school and just feeling mm-hmm. like a quote unquote outcast. So you don't want that for your um, for your child because it's, it's like what else is those what are those kids learning at home? Some mm-hmm. people I will say some people were very welcoming. I made some really good friends friends when I was there. But sometimes sometimes the bad experiences outweigh the good ones. Mm-hmm. I don't have really much of a desire to go back there (laughs) let's just put it that way yeah um but you know i think as we keep those things in mind it's going to help us be better equipped as we go on to teach our son what he needs to know to maneuver whatever world he's going to end up being in because Mm -hmm. every day it's changing right
0: you're right it's every every day i wake up i am in a different world (laughs) so i just have i have faith and hope that we're going to raise a generation that's going to help change the world and hopefully set him up or help set the world up to be in a welcoming place for everyone. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's, that's all we can do right now. Um, I think that's we, a
1: big part, right? The parents mm-hmm. who are raising these new, this, this next generation. It's we, that is a huge part in how we're combating, you know, you can be the pr- people. I commend the people protesting, those donating so much and spending so much of their time and finances into it. There are so many ways you can combat racism, um, and I think one of the things that we're doing that's super important are those parents who are being conscious and making those decisions and raising that next generation because mm-hmm. it's only going to get better with time.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, we know, and we know we're not alone in this. We're not the only two people with a microphone <laughs> talking <We're> about be <laughs> we're the only interracial couple in the world.
1: Yeah. Could you imagine?
0: Um, no, we we know we are not alone. And there are the interracial couples who came before us and there'll be a ton more after us. And there'll be a certain point where there'll there'll be no more interracial couples because so everyone will just be blended and <laughs> we'll all be the same. Right. Um, but we're not the only interracial couple in America and we understand that. <laughs> um And we're also not the only ones discussing how we're going to talk to their kids about race in this country either.
1: I think we have a responsibility to do the work to educate ourselves and our children about the history of racism um, so that we can better learn from it and how it impacts us today and what we can do to make it better in the future. While You Are Napping is a Lilies and Loafers original podcast. It's hosted by me, Fatima.
0: And me, Brian. Original music by Purple Planet. Thanks for listening. See you soon. I'm Fatima. And I'm Brian. And this is While We Were Napping. <laughs> <laughs> While <Well>, we're napping. <laughs>